Praise God. Everybody ready for some word today? Well, let's go to uh, Proverbs chapter 4. Thank you, Lord. Proverbs chapter 4. Your Bible should be opening there automatically by now. Or your, uh, you know, your devices, your smartphones and iPads and everything should have that bookmarked. We've been in this series for a month and a, and, or a couple months, and, uh, and I have another part for it, all right? I have a one, one more part today, and I believe this will be helpful. Uh, this series is called Matters of the Heart, and we're dealing with the root of the issue. We're dealing with what really matters, what really counts, what really affects our life. And it's not outside in, but it's inside out, all right? Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23 reads, Keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it, out of it, spring the issues of life. All right, out of your heart spring the issues of life. The NIV reads this way, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. That's quite a word, huh? Everything. And then the New Living Translation reads, guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. All right, if you're interested in the course of your life, then you're interested in the contents and makeup and condition of your inward person. All right, and so we realize in, in this scripture, in all that we've been talking about, that the contents of our hearts are replaceable. Okay, what they are is not necessarily what they're destined to always be. What they have been doesn't have to be permanent. You, you, because you can replace the contents of, of your heart, you can also then determine your own destiny. Alright? It, it becomes something that's in your hand, not out of your control. If you can govern what's in here, then you will eventually govern what's outside here in, in your life. Even Individuals, and I know many people have, have experienced uh, a lot of junk in life. Okay? Some have had uh, painful pasts. Some of it is what other people did to you. Okay? And those things affected your heart. Now watch. If those things are not properly dealt with, you will live out from that pain. You will have other relationships and they will be influenced by that experience of your past. Okay, uh, and some of its choices we've made, sinful choices, horrible decisions we've made, we've done things. Those things have also influenced our hearts. However, however, it's all replaceable. Okay, it's all, uh, it, it can all be uh, uh, superseded by something better. Okay, it can be, I like to say it this way, it can be displaced by something else. It's in there, and the work is not really to get all the bad stuff out. Everything anti-God, we got to get it out. No, Yes, we want to do that, but it's not so much focusing on the negative and trying to get it out. It is about pouring in the positive. Okay, It is about flooding our hearts with an abundance of God's grace and goodness and promises and word. And when that happens in abundance, eventually... There is nothing left. Amen. So, I don't know about you, but I kind of like the idea I don't have to dig up and think about a whole bunch of negative stuff that's happened to me in the church today. 
say, yeah, man, I got some stories, but we're not really going to give a whole lot of attention to them other than we want to contradict them or we, we, we want to displace them with something better. I mean, you, you kind of get the picture that kind of obviously goes with this. If you have a, a glass of some sort of liquid and, and uh, you know, you have a glass of milk, let's just say, and, and you want to um, displace that, you can pour water into that glass without ever dumping the milk out. You just start pouring water into it. Eventually, it's going to be all water. Right? Keep the faucet on. Leave it there for however long you need to. Pretty soon, the milk is going to be gone. All right? And so we can do that with our own hearts. And we can displace anything that was wrong, that was negative, that was anti-God and hindering our future and even our present today. And so thank God we can do this. Uh, look over with me at Ephesians chapter 5. E- Ephesians, the fifth chapter. This is, uh, this is not real complex how this works, but sometimes... You know, we overlook things that, uh, that are sometimes easy, simple. Uh, in, in Ephesians chapter 5, you might, you might recall that the subject there, uh, a good part of that chapter is on marriage, husbands and wives. And, and, but there's a comparison made between the husband and wife and Christ and the church. All right. In the middle of that comparison, we see something uh, of how it works in God's kingdom. It's verse 26, and it's referencing the church, and it says that He, the Lord, might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the Word. All right? Sanctified, cleansed by the Word, which is called, which has this washing water effect. He said that He might present her, the church, to Himself. A glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So this is the will of God. This is the will of the Father that that we, the church, be presented to Him holy, without blemish, without you know problem, without any issue at all. The way that happens is by God's words. Okay, when his words hit us, it has a cleansing, washing, sanctifying effect upon our lives. All right, so a, 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 a Christian, a, a believer that wants to live outside of the faucet being on, pouring into them continually, they're going to struggle with a lot of milk. Right? But if they'll stay under that faucet and it continually is on in their life, they will, without a whole lot of effort, stay cleansed, stay full of the right thing, and issues from this world in the past will not affect them like they do other people. But this is how God cleanses and washes the church. Hmm? I know sometimes people people are looking at circumstances and why is God doing this or allowing this to happen? You know, I've had an individual tell me one years ago, he was going through all kinds of stuff and all kinds of problems, and he told me, I'm just trying to figure out what God's doing. And I said, what do you mean what God's doing? This is not God. I'll tell you what God's doing. He's doing exactly what he said he would do. I tell you what God's doing. He's saving people, healing. He's answering prayer. He's helping. He's showing His grace to everyone. This is not a God thing going on here. I said, that's the opposite of God. 
And so we don't want to go down that road and think that that's how God does it. No, he, he, deals, with, he deals with us according to His Word. Even if you read Hebrews chapter, uh, chapter 12, you'll find that what's called the chastening of the Lord in Scripture is done with words. All right? He speaks to us. That's how discipline comes. He's not killing the cat. Huh? He's not blowing up your engine in your car. He didn't break your leg, you know, so you would obey Him. I know a lot of you know know these kind of things, but God speaks to us. His Word is what cleanses us and brings us back into alignment with His perfect will and plan. Hallelujah. Everybody okay? And And so here's the deal. He speaks. We need to hear this. Jesus prayed in John 17 and verse 17. He said, sanctify them with your truth. He said, your word. Father, your word is, is, is truth. There's a sanctifying effect that the word of God will have upon our lives. Now, now here's the deal. You and I are hearing from the world. It's very difficult to live in this place and not hear some of the world's messages. I mean, if you want to close yourself off and live all by yourself, you might be able to get away from that. But we're not called to do that, are we? I mean, we're called to be salt and light. We're called to be in this world. And so we're going to be hearing some of the world's thoughts and the world's ways. And that does have an influence on our hearts if we let it. And if we don't have a sufficient supply of God's things. All right? We're living in a lost and dying and, 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 and fallen world. We're, we're hearing that voice. Here's what we have to give attention to and do on purpose. You have to hear from God. You do. Good news is it's not difficult. We're made to hear God's voice. You and I are, are, we're created of His of His same substance. Okay, my ear is tuned in. When I came off the fact, out of the factory, <laughs> I, I was pre-programmed to hear God's voice. You know what I mean? When I was born again, I was programmed to hear the voice of God. It's normal for me. It's normal for you. Too much of the world getting in there clouds that and, 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 and makes that seem like a distant thing. But we can get back. Turn the faucet on, man. Let's start hearing from God and acknowledge it every time you do. But I tell you, whether you hear from God, uh, you know, through, through, uh, through the written word, whether you hear from God, and you should, and you should, and whether you hear from God through through people inspired by Him or through teaching of the Word, like in a context like this, this is all valuable and all of it has an effect upon our hearts. But here's what happens sometimes is we have very little of that and we have a whole bunch of worldly input. Okay? And that puts us in condition where although we're saved, our hearts are influenced from the, uh, from, you know, by the world's thinking and the world's way of doing things, which is very often anti-Christ. Alright? Hallelujah. And so God's Word and receiving His words changes this. It has a cleansing effect upon our lives. You know, James, you know Pastor James, he had a book. Uh, he wrote to his church one day, and one of the things he said in James chapter 4, he told them, he said, you guys need to, and they were kind of backslidden and everything, but he said, you should purify your hearts, you double-minded. All right, I have all these scriptures in there for, uh, for your viewing, the ones I don't have you turn to. So, <laughs> guys are doing great. Just throw them up there when I read them, <laughs> or when I quote them. It's coming. I'm sure it's coming. This one's coming any second. There. Nope. <laughs> but thanks. That was a while ago. Good job. 
And, uh, but he said, he said, purify your hearts. You double, that's the B, that's the last part of James 4a. Purify your hearts, you double minded. So think about that. They were saved people. And he said, you need to do some purifying of what's in you. Why? Because you have some double mindedness going on. Don't you think it would be uh, important for us to heed that same word? If we have double mindedness going on, for example, um, we should purify our hearts from that. If we're going back and forth from the flesh to the spirit, from the world to the kingdom of God, and, and we're, we're thinking both ways, no, knock that off. Purify your heart. How? Again, I can have a great influx and in, in pouring into my heart that will dispel that double-mindedness. You know, and a lot, of, a lot of times we live with this and we allow these things to exist. Maybe we don't recognize how it's contrary to God's ways. You know, you'll hear sometimes people even in our circles when it comes to, when it comes to healing in their bodies. And they'll say, well, I, one, one moment they'll say, yep, by his stripes I was healed. You know, quoting the scripture, by his stripes I was healed. Next moment they'll say, I'm believing for my healing. You know, well, which one is it? Are you or are you believing for it? Believing for it to come. Which one is it? Hallelujah. See, a double-mindedness sneaks in and creeps into people's hearts. They don't realize they're thinking two different ways at the same time. What should we do with our, our with that kind of mentality? We should be purified from that. And get, you know, think about it, pure. There's nothing defiled in there. Pure, like they do with metals and gold. And purify it and get all the bad stuff out. So we can be 100% accurate and, you know, precise in our relationship with God. Where we pray and it's certain. It's absolute. Things happen in that very moment that we ask. Instead of all this watered down business where it's kind of a mixture. I like what uh, the psalmist said in Psalm 119. Some believe it was David or some different people uh, who wrote this. It's Psalm 119 verse 11. He, he said, your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. What, what, what happened? Your word have I hidden in my heart. What did it produce? An ability to overcome sin. See, if we're just trying to overcome sin with human effort, with self-discipline, with all these things, we're going to struggle. But I tell you, when you get the power of God's cleansing and sanctifying word in your heart in abundance, you won't sin. You won't. So I've been struggling with something. Here's the answer again. We pour it in. We pour it in. We pour it in. And displace all those wrong thoughts. See, your heart is like a reservoir. It soaks up whatever comes to it. Stuff's always coming in, and it's gonna it's gonna soak it up when it's full, or when there's a see when it's full, it'll overflow. When there's a draw on it, it starts flowing back out, and that's what we want. You get bumped, you get pushed, or you just want to you know open up the faucet. There's a flow of good things coming out of your life. Hmm. That's why you don't really know someone until you've seen them under pressure. You don't know what someone's made of until someone disagrees with them. You don't know what someone, you know who a person really is until you see them when they're tired and hungry. Huh? You don't know who, what, who someone really is until, again, until someone says no to them. 
right? The pressure is put on them. Then you see what's inside. That's a way of, that, that's a way of forcing the overflow. What's in their heart is going to come out in those situations, all right? But if it's not good, again, like I say, it can be replaced. But that's, that, that's, the, 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 that's the description, that's the, the evidence of what someone really has in their life. It's like a weak person. If someone was weak physically, so they'll, you know, they may need a, need a cane to walk. They're going to, if they're weak in their physical body, they might need a, a crutch, a, a cane to, to help them get around. When someone is weak inside... When, they're, when they are weak in their heart, they tend to lean on other things in life outside of God. When you become strong inside, when you are full of the right thing, you will lean on God. You will rely upon Him. It's, like, it's kind of like how faith works. You know, uh, Faith is of the heart, Scriptures tell us. Faith of the heart is not... Um, Contingent, it's not dependent upon what it sees or what it feels, but it's content, it, it's relying upon what the Word of God says. Okay? A faith person believes the Word, not what they see and feel. Alright? That's a position of strength. Uh, but the, a person of weak faith will lean upon what they see. They always need a confirmation. I need a confirmation of my healing. Beyond God you do? Okay, well that shows the condition of reliance upon, upon man and not God. Upon physical evidence instead of the word of God being sufficient. Hallelujah. And so when we talk about these things now, you know the, the main inlets, if you will, the main sources to our heart are going to be what we see and what we hear. Okay, your eyes and your ears. If those things are pointed the right direction and, and receiving the right things, you're going to have a good supply of good things in your life. Look, look with me over at Matthew tw- chapter 12. Matthew, the 12th chapter. And um, I, I know we referenced this in the first part of this series. I want to draw your attention to it one more time. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 35. Jesus said here, A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart... Now, why would he be called a good man? Because he has a good treasure. All right? A good man, you would call someone good if they have a good treasure. Okay? A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth good things. An evil man, out of the evil treasure, brings forth evil things. So someone is called good or evil based upon what is inside of them. Based upon what? Their treasure. We all have a treasure inside of us. If that is a good treasure, then you're called good. If it's a an evil treasure, you're called evil. But this is interesting. Again, it shows us it shows the reservoir. Our hearts were designed to contain things. You soak up stuff. You hear, you receive, it settles, it becomes a part of your being, and then eventually becomes your future. It becomes the course and direction of your life. And so what I let in, and what I let in my eyes, and what I let in my ears, is is really, really important. Okay, far more important than how others treat me or what others think of me, is what I allow in my life that's going to settle in my heart. Okay, Jesus 
said, a, said another thing in, in another place. It's Mark chapter 4. When he was teaching, he said, take heed what you hear. Take heed what you hear. For this, with the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. So what happens is, is how we uh, govern our hearts is going to determine what sticks, what stays. And whatever stays, whatever condition it becomes, that becomes what we desire more of. What we attract. What we, uh, what we crave. It's kind of... Have you ever been on a trip and you've been away from home for a while? Some of you travel all the time, I know, but... Uh, you're away from home. Maybe you're staying in hotels and staying somewhere else. When you come home, how many know there's usually a certain level of rest and peace and I feel normal when you're back home in your own environment? Why? That's what's in your heart. That's the conditions that you're accustomed to that feels normal again. I want to have my normal be God. I want to have my feel good, my satisfaction be in the kingdom of God, not because I'm full of the world. If you're full of the world, if you're full of the world's thinking and the world's ways, you'll be drawn back to that to feel like you belong. Does that make sense? And you can even be saved, but then be so cluttered and gobbled up with the world's junk... That you keep finding yourself being drawn back to that. I feel at home here. This feels right to me. It's not right if you're a child of God. And it's just a matter of contents. Have you ever been on one of those, uh, one of those floating buffets? Anybody ever been on one of those? They're like seven days or, and they go to the Caribbean. There's another word for that, I think. It's, it's a cruise? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have found when returning from one of those floating things um, that uh, I want another buffet. Yeah, I get back to normal, back in my own house, and and it's like you know I start eating the way I used to eat, normal, but something in me is saying more. <laughs> It wants all the different kinds of options and food and pizza 24-7 and, 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 and all this kind of stuff, which you know is disastrous if you continually go that route. But, uh, but it's something about you go a certain way for a time. And you put yourself in an environment, a setting. And when you're done, you want more of it. Now, if it's a, if it's a wrong thing, like a floating, not that that's wrong, but you know, uh, it's wrong to continually live that way. Uh, you know, you want to stop it. And you want to get back to where you were. But I tell you, when someone will overload their hearts with an abundance of God, you'll find yourself craving and desiring more of it. When we're doing those meetings in a few weeks, and we're going to do, you know, day after day, what we don't normally do, it's an opportunity for some people to totally flood themselves with the power of God and the Word and the moving of the Spirit. And I'm telling you, if you'll do that, and you'll set yourself aside, when it's done, you'll want more. You will. You'll want more. Amen. You can tell when someone's heart is full. 
You know, I have individuals come. come this has happened multiple times. Just in the last few weeks, people come uh, up to me and they say, one thing I don't like about this here. They said, I want it to be twice as long. Now, and I realize we're trying to reach people on Sunday morning, and that's not why. It's one of the reasons why we don't do that. It's evangelistic in nature, uh, but you know that's a good thing. When someone says, "Oh, man, it's good," I want more of that. I want more. See, you've created a heart that desires uh, the things of God. But again, back to how our heart works. You know this. Uh, Romans 10, 19, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. How many know faith comes good or bad by hearing? You can believe wrong things by hearing wrong things. You can believe right things by hearing right things. Okay? And in, of course, that, that being the case, we need to put a guard up. Sounds like we should guard our hearts. We should put a guard. Why? Because whatever we're receiving, it's going to create in us a belief system that's correct or incorrect. An incorrect belief system will block the power of God, block the promises, block the grace of God from your life. But a correct belief system, you believe unto something good. And so I want to make sure that's correct. You know, one of the biggest dangers to the, to the believer is unbiblical teaching. Is teaching that has a religious garment on it. It has God's name on it. It has all this kind of stuff, but it's slightly off. It's just a little bit crooked. It's just a little bit mm, not in line with the words and ways of God. What that'll do, it's almost like poisoning a, you know, an animal. Put a little poison in some food, and people get off just a little bit. And all of a sudden, their prayers aren't being answered. All of a sudden, these things are not happening for them like they're supposed to. Prayers are supposed to be answered for all Christians all the time. That's normal. That's what Jesus said. Anything different, Jesus didn't say it. Okay, we've watered it down. We've, sometimes we're just a little bit off. We, we, we've received some teaching that gives us all kinds of reasons why it doesn't work instead of why it works and why God is faithful to His Word every time. Amen. You know, I think it can be dangerous. Everybody Okay. I think it can be dangerous if we, can, if we put ourselves in a position where we continually listen to teaching from teachers that don't get results themselves. People that talk about God and talk about the Bible and, and explain the Bible, but they don't have evidence of God working in their own life personally. I think that's dangerous. You know why? Here's the reason. They could be saying something that's true, but it leaves us with a belief system that you can have good beliefs, good doctrine, good theology, and have no change in your life. And I'm telling you, God never intended His Word to produce that in our lives, where all we do is think correctly with the Bible, but we have, do not have a regular experience with God. Amen. And so watch out. Watch out. If something's being declared and proclaimed, but there's not God all over it. There's not, a, there's not evidence of God working. There's not evidence of God's power and His promises coming to pass in that, in that situation. Then we've got to watch out. We're being trained. Our heart is being just off just a little bit. And what, it, what does it produce? 
we won't see God working in our life. We'll have a good argument, though. We'll be able to, quote, prove things from the Word, but we won't be able to prove them with our life. Romans chapter 12. Go over with me to 2 Peter. Let's, uh, Let's finish up over here today. But again, we've got to watch. Watch what we're looking at. Watch what we're hearing. Um, not only is there unbiblical teaching, negative news, bad reports, you know, sinfulness. All these things can affect us if we don't have a constant inflow of righteousness, of truth, of God's love and His, His joy and victory. These things must be overwhelming in us or will be overwhelmed by the world. And let's not think for a moment, I know we, it kind of creeps on us, up on us sometimes. Let's not think that, uh, that for some reason we are immune to the world's way of thinking. All these things work subtly. Our culture has moved dramatically, even in the last several years. People's way of thinking has moved dramatically. And the question is, has it moved closer to God or further away? Is it now in lot more in line? Are we thinking more like God and experiencing more of His promises in our life? Or are we experiencing less? Okay? And, and, and we've got to watch. We, we should, none of us should think. If you watch the news, if you watch media, if you listen to stuff, it's influencing you. Me too. I, I don't know how to con- counteract that other than, one, by limiting it. Limit it to some degree. That's your call. But then by overdosing on the Word of God. So His Word will constantly wash and cleanse my way of thinking. So I'll, my thoughts will come back to His. Say, no, that's wrong. Because it's deceptive. And your heart can even be self-deceived. Um, in, in 2 Peter chapter 2... And verse 7, this is uh, speaking about the Lord here, and it said, He delivered righteous Lot. Now, not Lot was Abraham's nephew. He delivered righteous Lot, who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked. What, what do you mean oppressed? He was living around wicked people. Okay, He was oppressed by that. For that righteous man, so he was right with God, that righteous man dwelling among them tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. Notice that language of seeing and what? Hearing. He was called righteous. His soul was called righteous. But he said it was tormented. It was being bombed by all the sinfulness around him. He said day after day after day, he was witnessing, he was hearing, he was seeing all the junk that they did, and it was, it was tormenting his soul because of their lawless deeds. And that's, you know, it bears the question, what are we looking at? What are we, what are we looking at continually? What are we listening to continually? You know, and I'm not. You know, I'm not putting up any any laws or rules or saying you can't do this and you can't do this. I think sometimes we just go between smart and dumb. 
You know, all things are lawful, but not, not all are smart. Not all things are helpful. And we've got to make those calls for ourselves. How much of the world are you going to let in? You know, we all have these screens in our homes, and we got our computers, and we got, and there's a direct line to all kinds of ungodliness. It is. Say, so I believe my sins are forgiven. I'm not even talking about your sins being forgiven right now. I'm talking about what your heart is full of. And if we stare at the wrong thing day in and day out, man, you know where the path of that is. That determines your future. It determines the course of your life. Your heart does, which means your ears do and your eyes do. And you stare at something long enough, it gets in you, and your heart starts working to produce it. And it'll move you towards that end. So we live in a dangerous time. We live in a dangerous world, don't we? So what steps do you need to take? I don't know what... What guidelines might you want to put upon yourself? What, what, what's, what, where do you draw the line and say, you know, I'm not going to go here. I'm not going to look at this. I'm not going to listen to this. I'm not going to do this. Why? Well, I'm not condemning anyone else. I'm just not going to go there because my heart is, 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 is me. And if I don't want to do those things... If I don't think it's okay to live like that and talk like that and think like that, then I'm not going to spend time watching it and looking at it. And that's a necessary step. We need to make those decisions. If we don't, we will end up doing that. Got to stop it and turn and look at something else. Look at the abundance of God's grace. Amen. Let His Word wash and cleanse and sanctify you that you might be presented before Him spotless and clean and holy and pure. Amen. Some say, well, I, we're, we're in the world. We need to be out there ministering to people and, and they're into all this. Yeah, I agree with that. And I believe that you can be around that and God's grace can protect you and you can, you can refuse to take some of these things into your heart. But even the, even the person who's ministering and they're trying to help people and I when we got to do that most of them are not coming in here most of the people in the world I mean they're not coming in here and and so they need us to be out there they do they need us to be in their lives but they need us to be in their lives full of the spirit they need us to be in their lives with our hearts conditioned to think and act and and and, and live like the Lord. When we do, we're in a position to help and we're in a, in a condition to protect and keep ourselves safe, safe from all that stuff. Sometimes people wonder about, about our words, you know. Uh, you know, say, do our words come from our heart or do our words go in our heart? You know, kind of like they talk about with movies and television. Are they a reflection of the culture or are they creating the culture? You know that argument that is, has long been, been debated. Uh, I'll tell you what I think. I think it's unquestionably both. I think both are going on constantly. When I speak, am I speaking out of what's in my heart? Yes. Yes. But can I alter the condition of my heart by purposely saying certain things? Absolutely. 
When you hear something that's contrary to God's word, whether it's through a person, through a television, or something that's contrary, that you know, like these commercials that want to. Uh, that you know, if you watch a TV show every five minutes, you got to watch about some horrendous disease and uh, and and the con- and the pill that'll er- erase it, but give you twenty more. Right? You know, sometimes you got to learn to respond to that. If I'm watching something, I'm mute totally during that. I'm not sucked in by the boat flowing down the river, and you know, <laughs> and you listen. No, mute. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna look at that. I'm just not. But learn how to respond to things. You hear something negative, you say, not for me. That's not me because by his stripes, you know. You know, you hear, see some, all kinds of negative stuff, say, thank you, Lord, I don't have to deal with that. Thank you for your grace. Oh, you provide for me every day. I'll not be in need. I'll not be without. Amen. Contradict what the world is shouting at you, what, this, what the negativity is uh, with the word of God. Amen.